Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Sinbin podcast. Uh, tonight I'm joined by uh, panelists from South Africa, New Zealand, and Wales, and we're going to talk through uh, the results of the All Blacks, uh, the results so far for South Africa, and we're going to take a look forward to the, the games coming up, against England against Wales, and also uh, the, the Springboks game, which happens tomorrow. So tonight I'm joined in the panel by Andrew McGough in New Zealand. How are you feeling, Andrew? All good? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dave. And next up, we have Brent Ventner in uh, South Africa. You're very welcome, Brent. Hey, Dave. Uh, and how are you feeling? Have you recovered? Sure. <laughs> Personally, I have. Uh, I doubt the country has. <laughs> well, we'll get. Oh, I'm sure we're going to get into that in a moment. Uh, and finally, on the panel tonight from Wales, um, joining us again is Stefan Thomas. You're very welcome back again, Stefan. Looking forward to chatting to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me again. You're very welcome. And as always, I'm your host, Dave Caron, at Rio Grande North uh, in Brazil. So let's get right down to it. I'm going to come to Brent straight away. And uh, I'm not going to laugh at you, Brent. <laughs> no, I'm going to laugh at you, Brent. You are, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was the, call, what happened? No, seriously, mate. All joking aside, you know, it could happen to any of us. Well, not really, but <laughs> no, seriously. How <laughs> <laughs> shocked were you? By, 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 the, by the Japan. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to hear you, you know, your spin on it from, from the point of view. South Africa is a massive, massive rugby country, and, and I'm, I'm very curious, I'm sure we all are, to hear just what an effect it's had in the country and the reaction to it from the country. Well, so two things. I'll start off by saying I'm really happy we didn't do this part you know, shortly after the game. Um, yeah, uh, you would have bleeped me out the entire the entire time. Like I would have been dropping f bombs and you know much worse words. Um, in terms of the country, yeah, I think personally myself bitterly disappointed. I was sat with a couple of mates and we were all just 
you know, a couple of guys were moaning, and I kept saying, no, we'll beat them, we'll beat them, don't worry, we'll beat them, we'll beat them. And then we scored the try at the, well, right at the end, but closer to the end um, with, uh, with Strauss. And, you know, I was sort of like, okay, well, you know, it wasn't a vintage performance, but there we go. And then Japan came back and came back and came back and, yeah, um, let's just say it wasn't it wasn't uh, a pretty a pretty defensive effort from f- from the box. Country, sure, um, people aren't very happy. People still um, all over social media. There's just been there's this over analysis from you know from every every side. The media, from amateurs, from people who know nothing about rugby, they all become professional analysts suddenly. Uh, radio DJs who you've probably have never seen a rugby ball, never mind watch the game. Suddenly, professional analysts. Yeah, there's there's that frustration to put up with. I mean, it's now nearly a week and it's still the same garbage. But um, hopefully, uh, uh, tomorrow, a good performance will sort of put that behind us and, and we'll be able to move on. Uh, where, where do you think it fell down, Brent? Uh, you know, for your money, you, you know, if you if you have to sort of level the blame, what was it? Was it was it your pack? Was it your backs? Was it a, a collective uh, failure, or, or or what do you see? So f- for me, I'm I'm a big fan of Hanneke May. I think he's he's got a lot of a lot of um, talent as, as as a coach. People obviously going to blame the coach first, um, and uh, and I think that's probably a, a worldwide phenomenon, but. I don't see him as the kind of guy who goes through a match, it doesn't matter who it's against, without a solid game plan. And I genuinely believe that the players just looked at Japan and they thought, this is easy, we're going to walk this one. And they just did as they pleased. Um, you could see, to, to, to a man, from the forward pack to the backs, every single player just felt that they could run over the, the Japanese and, and score a try by themselves. There was There was... There was no support. It was just one-off runners, one-off runners, one-off runners. Um, you know, the service was slow from my best friend, Ruan Pino. But, you know, I, Don't. I can't blame him as an individual. I, I, think, I think possibly not one player actually performed. And, and okay, I mean, it's a bit unfair. I mean, probably Luther Jacher probably did play pretty well. But it's really hard to actually look at the whole team and say, you know, someone actually stood up here and played good rugby. Like I said, I, I think we had this idea of playing running rugby, but we didn't we didn't make the effort to earn the right to run the ball. We just reckoned from from kickoff, let's just smash these guys. And yeah, clearly clearly Eddie Jones uh, has coached the guys really well technically. The tackling was phenomenal. The guys are quick to the breakdown, and um, I think we were our own worst enemies. But do you not feel at half time? You know, because at half time for me, you know, this this result wasn't surprised. You know, whenever you considered the first half, and and for me, I think from from a box, you know, that's a totally professional setup, Brent, that you have. And you know, like us in the northern hemisphere, we we look at South Africa with with a lot of respect and and with a lot of fear, and and I'm just amazed that they didn't catch on at half time and come out with a different attitude. I think that was that was the big thing for me. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to know what was said in the change room, obviously. We, we'll never know, but it is hard to turn around something at halftime. You, you know, whether it's rugby or football, 
there are small changes you can make, but the players are almost stuck in this mindset of we'll still do it our way, we're still going to do it. It's, it's probably a level of complacency. I mean, the guys are never going to admit to complacency and, and um, you know, probably a lack of respect for the opposition. And as a pro, you're never going to admit to that. But again, you know, if you look at how the guys played in the second half, it, it could only have been that. I mean, again, I, I genuinely do not see a, a, a coach of, of Mayer's quality not laying into them at halftime and not saying, guys, let's stick to our game plans. They've tried to be too expansive. They, they've tried to do, you know, be too much individual and try and show off their, their abilities. And, and they've sort of the wheels have come off and they just haven't been able to put them back on again. Uh, and, well, I know we'll come discuss it a bit more in depth later, but uh, I take it, you, did you see the Scotland performance against Japan? What, what did you make of that on the, on the back of your own result? To be honest, I didn't want to watch it because um, I was fearful that Scotland would wipe the floor with Japan and then we would look even worse. I watched the highlights again. Japan were, were still, you know, a good, well-drilled professional rugby side. They probably just weren't as accurate as they were against the Springboks. And obviously, Scotland saw what, what, what Japan did to us and what we did to ourselves. And I'm pretty sure we got into the match to say, well, it's not going to happen to us. I mean, we, we can't suffer the same embarrassment and, um, as, the, as the box did. No, I hear you. I, I'll, I'll let Andrew have a, have a word on it because, as uh, I say, he hasn't been on uh, since the preview. Andrew, what, what did you make of the box? It, it, it's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, I was I was shocked. I um I didn't I didn't get to see the game live and I, I couldn't believe what I was waking up hearing that that it had happened. Um, I mean, you look at statistically, they you know they they were dominant against the Japanese side and and it, it's just hard to fathom fathom how it uh, how it all came about. You know, the media hears well. I guess the you know the the, the Japanese have been the media darlings as far as. Um, it goes now, and, and uh, I think yeah, it was a bit unfortunate for for their story, I guess, but probably a result that was expected that they then got uh, got it dished out to them by um, by Scotland on the on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's been it's been I guess yeah, it's been pretty interesting um, hearing it all. I think I remember those the last was it 2007 when Argentina beat uh, beat France. And, beat Ireland um, as well. The beat Ireland. They as well beat Ireland Robert. as well, and and you know it was it was kind of like it, people didn't expect that the result would happen, but there's been nowhere near the. I don't know if it's an overreaction, but just the the buzz around that that um, Japanese win. It's uh, I think that you know there's a few Kiwis involved. There are a few people who play the rugby in New Zealand, and I think with John Kerwin having coached Japan before, New Zealand probably has a bit of a soft spot for for the Japanese, um, but. Yeah, unbelievable result. Yeah, all the conspiracy theorists come out as well. I mean, I, I'm sure you've all you've all heard them uh, speaking about it. And I mean, I just yeah. <laughs> uh, you look at uh, again. You look statistically at that game, and and uh, you know the the box were ahead in every facet. Um, it's just uh, it's one of those one of those weird things that happens every now and then. That um, yeah, I guess can just uh, kickstart either kickstart the tournament for the box or um, well, that could have been the breaking for them. No, indeed. And uh, just one question for you before we move to, 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 to the Kiwis and the All Blacks. Um, yeah. from, from your perspective, 
do, do you see, because I know that Stefan and, and the rest of the guys, we, we did a pod uh, at the beginning of the week there, and, and we're very much wary of, of the Springboks now after that defeat, that it could be the, the springboard for them, and that we don't see them losing again easily. Yeah, I don't know, Dave. I, I think this game against Samoa is really going to be their final, and they're, after that upset, they're almost playing a final every game now, and you just got to wonder how much that affects them mentally. Just... I guess the, it is that weight of the nation stuff and, and South Africa has it like we do in New Zealand where you know you can't help as a player I imagine feel that pressure that that weight of the nation wanting you to to perform and you know the the Samoans are going to come out at a, 100 miles an hour and and um it's going to be a tough game but absolutely don't write the 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 box off I mean yeah the um yeah the the tournament's by far means over for them. Uh, you know, win against Samoa next time out, and um, yeah, their their tournament's back on track, and they they are always a force. And as we talked about in our preview pods, you know, it only takes one uh, one game each time. You know, focus on that one game and, and grind out that result. And uh, next thing you know, you're in the final, and once you get to the sort of that semi final final stage, anything can happen. No, that's it. Stefan, do you want to put a word on it before we move on to the All Blacks? I know, I know you have covered it in the other pod, but just is there anything in there that the guys have said you want to jump in on? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like everybody else, um, you know, Japan winning was, you know, it was unbelievable, really. Um, everybody, myself included, expected the Springboks to win um, by 50-plus points. But in, in terms of, of the Springboks, you know, I said on on the previous pod, if you look around, the, if you look at the quality of player in their squad and, and the depth they've got, um, like Brent, I, I'm also a fan of Heinick Meyer. I think he comes in for a lot of unfair criticism in South Africa, and he has to, you know, he has to deal with a lot of issues that other international coaches don't have to deal with, such as racial quotas and and, and that sort of thing. But you know, South Africa, as I've said, have have a lot of experience in their squad. Um, you know, as Andrew said, they're playing the cup final every week now. The game tomorrow against Samoa is when it's one of the biggest games South Africa have played in recent memory, and and that's you know I know they they play against the All Blacks every year, but if they lose to Samoa on um, on Saturday, that's that's their World Cup over and done with. So you know, I I I think obviously um, you know there is a question mark of whether they you know a lot of whether some players are over the hill, but I I just feel. At least for the remainder of the group stages, you know, when you look at the likes of Victor Matfield, Jean de Villiers, um, Fury Dupree, there's enough experience there to to at least get them in the knockout stages. And if they can get, you know, Dwayne Vermeule and back fit and firing, Willie Leroux will make a big difference as well because they really missed his spark on the weekend. Um, but if they can get their game going again, then for me, as absurd as this sounds, they're still contenders to win this World Cup. No, absolutely, I would agree with you on that. Uh, right, we'll, we'll, we'll get down to the All Blacks here. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what Andrew has to say. You, you didn't start particularly well, Andrew. Um, well, you started quite brightly, and then it just sort of fizzled away. There was a, there was a lovely movement through the backs, uh, and I thought, oh, here we go, All Blacks have started. But fair, is it credit to Argentina, or do you think it was just um, the All Blacks just feeling their way in? Uh, well, what do you feel so far, Andrew? Uh, I think... Uh the world is kind of underrates Argentina. I think that that's the first thing I want to say is that they're actually quite a good side. And and this morning's game, they were you know they showed some of the flair that they have. But they you know they are a very good side. And you know by no means did I think that that it was going to be a boil over. Um, I do think that 
we did we were pretty rusty you could tell that it had been sort of you know four to five weeks of of uh, not playing and and um yeah often that that first test match back you know there's uh, there's a bit of rust there but in saying that as well you know we it's just that that been uh, we've just lacked a bit of um that clinical play that the all blacks often have like you know, Milner Scudder drops the ball when all he had to do it is catch and fall over the line. And there's a couple of other ones where the final pass, uh, I think it was McCaw out on the wing there. Had he caught it again, it was just a case of catching it, taking a couple of steps, but the, it was thrown over his head. You know, there's three or four of those where, you know, once if they go over, you know, it's a 50-point 50 50 gap. And, yeah, I don't, to be honest, I don't think there's too much to worry about uh, other than just being a little bit rusty. No. Um and you know the, your first game in the World Cup, uh, the occasion. You know some of the guys talked about it. The the occasion, the the, the pressure, the uh, you know just knowing that it's a World Cup, just not another another four nations hit out. I think you know some of the, some of the guys did feel that, and I think the most important thing was just just grinding out that win and just looking to focus on the next game because that that Argentina game really is the the toughest game of the pool for us. No, as I say, everybody seemed to get a very easy run in, or well, an easier, you know, with lesser sides. And the All Blacks got basically the second, what you would imagine would be the second seed of the group uh, to open with. Um, and as I say, like, I, I watched uh, Argentina today, and, and they, they had a complete opposite performance of what they did uh, against the All Blacks. It was all about their back line today, whereas against the Blacks, I think it was, it was more to do with uh, their pack. Um, but they're, they're pretty impressive, and, and I really don't think that, uh, you know, as you say, the, the All Blacks are possibly a bit rusty on it uh, going in, but they got the points on the board, and, you know, a win's a win. But moving forward then to the Namibia game, what, what did you feel with it? There was a, probably a, a bit more of what you would have expected. Jeez, a hard game to watch, though, wasn't it? That, uh, you know, the first, the first half uh, was... I guess I guess what you expected a bit more flying rugby from the All Blacks and and uh, you know a bit of a confidence booster for some of the players to get some time on the ball and and I think one of the positives was it, it gave us a chance to to practice some of the areas that we were going to probably need to to strength well to have have strengthened throughout the rest of the tournament so we used that rolling more effectively uh, throughout that first half and uh, when it comes down to the the big games. You know, it, it's going to come down to you know the forward battles and trying to get that go forward ball and and setting that platform for the back line. And it sounds a horrible cliche, but it is it is actually the case. So, you know, just just working on the scrum and and working on the the set piece and and that rolling ball and and giving the guys a bit of a uh, bit of a chance to touch the ball in the back line and and uh, and, and work some space. And um, yeah, the first half I thought was it was really impressive. Um, I, I thought the All Blacks looked really good, and, and um, come the second half, it was just so stop start. Uh, the, I think the the Namibians did well to uh, slow play down as, as much as possible, but you know this um, going upstairs to the TMO every every five minutes is just getting just getting uh, unbearable, really. It's a bit tedious um, getting, you know, for everything. Well, just and and you know the the All Blacks we kind of we like to keep the the fast paced game and and we we're kind of thinking yeah just the the chat around social media and amongst the Kiwi fans was like well you know these guys are going to run out of gas after about sixty minutes because they're up very flat you know they they're having a, a shooter out of the line to try and disrupt the the running in the back line and um, we, we just really thought after sixty minutes the wheels would fall off and and we'll put uh, quite a few points on but. 
it never really happened and and I think part of that was just because because the stoppages in the in the game it was just so frequent and you know like the the hooker coming back when he had been yellow carded and and that just slowing the game down slowing the game down and and yeah the, the second half was just were just so painful to watch but I think from the from the All Black coaches' point of view, I think they will definitely be taking taking bits out of that, and I think one of the keys for for them is that they'll they'll know that the likes of you know, Ma'anonu and and Aaron, uh, Aaron Smith at halfback and, and Richie McCaw are really crucial to our our uh, chances going forward. Um, Bowden Barrett, you know, exceptional running with the ball and and showed he's got his pace back after that knee injury and. Sometimes that that can't that won't be the case, but uh, again, as goal kicking is is a concern. Kieran Reid is he's still not. There's something quite not right with him, and you know, my own personal concerns are that it's uh, a few too many head knocks, and it's, it's starting to to play on him a bit. He's not you know looking to to get in amongst that physical side like he had been, and and whether he's just holding back because he's scared about what what might happen to his head, but. Um, but certainly some great takeaways. You know, Milner Scudo scored a couple, and and that'll do his confidence a word of good. And and Sevilla got back on the on the score line, and we talked about him in our preview pod about the the talent that he's got, and and you know a, a player to really watch. But he's he struggled to get going in the last few the the Four Nations tests, and then the the game against Argentina. So so hopefully uh, after getting a couple of couple of tries in this game, it'll uh, what, what, give what him have the confidence you just to. What have you made of Sonny Bill Williams? Because we were raving about him, I'd imagine we're going to rave about him even more. Because <laughs> yeah, this, this guy is pure, pure class, like pure class. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know there was the um, the offload, uh, or you know his offloading skills. So the one that Milner had put down in um, in that first game, you know, just there's not many guys that can get that ball away. And uh, yeah, they, he also um, just the try that he got there. Uh, well, sorry, the, the setup. I'm just trying to trying to remember who he who he passed it into in that Namibian game, um, just out of nowhere. And yeah, I don't know. He is a freak, um, and it's tough. In, in New Zealand, it's kind of you you tend to be you're either a Nanu fan or you're a Sonny Bill Williams fan. And um, yeah, I think he is um, he's, a, he's an exceptional player. And what a what a player to bring off the bench if you're starting with Nanu. When when the opposition is starting to get a bit tired, to uh, to bring him on and just um, he adds instant impact. No, as I say, Andrew, we we have been raving about uh, Sonny Billy and the fact that he's not even your first choice. Like, what 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 kind of a luxury do you guys in New Zealand have? Like, it really is a, a, an abundance of riches. Well, I think the other other point to make and, and was made yesterday is just that the depths that we are, are blessed with, particularly for this World Cup. I mean that was it was basically a B side that we put out there uh, against Namibia and and the cohesion was there immediately. The um, you know and I think the when it gets to the, the crucial stages and the uh, once you hit the quarterfinal stage, to be able to bring players off your bench that you don't see an immediate uh, disadvantage to your side, um, I, I think that is going to be um, you know that's going to be crucial as well and. You know, we've got some some extremely talented players who aren't considered first choice at the moment, um, and if they are, well, then you've you've got a a heck of experience for the person that may be um, maybe coming off the bench later in the game. I think Charlie Farmwino that was playing yesterday as prop, that's probably one of our biggest concerning areas at the moment. Um, but I, I think he's played himself into the into the starting fifteen, and if he has, well, then you've 
you know, you got Franks on the bench to bring on, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice problem to it's have. Bloody scary, that's what it is. For the rest of us, it's scary. I just don't think there's any any side really um, that, that has that kind of depth. You know, at this tournament, I don't think the, the depth and quality that you have is just. It seems to be immense. Brent, I'm going to come across to you. Would you agree with that? What have you thought so far of the All Blacks? Are you, are you, are you like me and all of them? Look, I mean, I don't think you can ever write the All Blacks off. I don't think there's ever any, any going to be a, you know, any sort of concern that they're not going to make it far in the tournament. The Argentinians are, are never going to be an easy side to, to um, just roll over. Um, Especially with their, their forward pack, but so it, yes, the All Blacks are never gonna just so you run right. I think I think Argentina plays quite a spoiling game of rugby, so it is hard to just you know put 50 points past them. And you know, obviously for my South African counterparts, you know, I, I would almost hope that they that they try to prove a point and 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 try to sort of get one back for us. But you know, maybe that's a hope. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, if if I was if I was Andrew, I mean, I wouldn't be concerned at all. I think I think you know the All Blacks are going to turn it on and they're going to they're going to um, well smash us in the semi final. That, that's for sure. And then go to to lose to Ireland in the final. That's a big call because you know the, uh, on on any day like the the box and uh, c- could could come up with a performance there to beat the All Blacks and uh, we've seen it we've seen it recently you, you know what I mean but uh, and the All Blacks don't really have the history they deserve in this tournament I think that's 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 the best way I could describe it uh, I'll, I'll throw it across to Stefan uh, a question I have for you is. Um, are these smaller sides now? You know, the professional era of rugby is still quite quite young by comparison to other sports. You know, do you feel that these sides now, that the lesser sides, the Namibias, the the Japan's, you know, they've got clever. They're an awful lot more clever, and they're an awful lot harder to beat. What would you say to that? Well, I th- I think, you know, I I think when when the likes of Namibia play, you know, the tier one nations, you know, like the All Rocks, the Springboks, um, England, Ireland, I think, you know, it's going to be their cup final. They're going to be playing the game of their lives. Um, whereas, you know, obviously with the All Blacks, you know, they, they, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but they knew that, you know, they were going to win that game walking onto the field. You know, it's, it's a no win situation for them really. If, if they, you know, don't put enough points in them, then people would be saying, well, you know, you should have done better. But if they rack up a cricket score, people are saying, well, you know, you should have won by more. So, you know, the, these these nations, you know, they're, they're, they're proud nations. It's it's a chance of a lifetime for them. A lot of them are amateur and they will never get a chance to play at this level again. You know, a lot of them, you know, semi-pro players and, you know, they, they're playing for contracts. So, you know, they're always going to be, um, you know, up for these games. But I still think there's a massive gulf between them. Uh, um, the tier one nations and, and some of the smaller nations. Obviously, countries like Japan, where there's a lot of money in, involved. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of um, top class players playing in their domestic league. Um, Eddie Jones is obviously a world class coach, as we saw. And you know, there are countries as well, like Georgia. You know, they got a lot of players playing in the top fourteen in France. So there are countries with potential, but by and large, I still think there's a massive um, gulf in quality between the top nations and. Um, you know, and, and the emerging nations. And what did you make of the, of the All Blacks in their second performance? I know we've discussed the first one. What, what did you think of the game against Namibia? 
But as I said, really, I mean, you know, the, the All Blacks are always going to win that game. Um, you know, you you can't read too much into it. We already know that they're the, the overwhelming favourites for the competition. As you said, the strength and depth in New Zealand is, um, you know, it's scary, really. Um, you know, you look back in the Argentin- to the Argentinian game, they brought off Marnonu and brought Sonny B. Williams on. Now, in football terms, that's like taking off Cristiano Ronaldo and bringing on Lionel Messi. It's, you know, no other nation in the world has that strength in depth. So, you know, I think from 1 to to 15, and, and in terms of the, the wider players in this squad, they, they have the better players. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, it only takes that one game, um, you know, where, where they're a bit below par and, and another country raises this game. Uh, and there are countries that could take advantage of that, you know, like the likes of England if they get past the pool stages. Um, South Africa, if they can get their act together, and Australia can beat them. But ultimately, if if the All Blacks bring the rear game, um, there's only one side taking uh, the trophy home, and it's them. No, I, I, and that's very, very hard to disagree with any of that. Andrew, what, what's your feeling for the for the rest of the pool? I take it you're you're pretty relaxed uh, with, with with the games you're facing coming up. Um, I take it we can expect to see the All Blacks cutting loose a wee bit more. Yeah, I think think. Um yeah, it's easy to come across as, as sounding a bit um, a bit arrogant, but you know, there, there's not really going to be too much. Uh, I mean, we've got um, got Georgia next up. Um, you know, you're going to expect a bit of a, a physical forward battle, but um, you know, after after this morning's result against Argentina, I, you know, I don't expect it's going to be a problem. Um, Tonga's going to be again; it'll be a physical game. The biggest thing you've got to worry about in those two games is that you you just don't want injuries out of it and and that's um uh yeah the Hansen excuse me Steve Hansen has um talked about getting these first two games out of the way to to give the whole squad a run and then starting to settle on his on his top fifteen and and uh, twenty three as a squad and um and I think uh so we'll probably see probably see that uh, against Georgia. Uh, we might see Liam missing him in there if he's um, back from his, his little niggle that he got uh, just so he can get some game time. But I think we're going to pretty much find now that it's going to be a, a first-string all-black side. Um, so I think it's just about getting those combinations honed and and uh, just getting some confidence up for the likes of the, the Julian Severs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything too much to worry about. The, big, the biggest concern will be injuries. But just just quickly touching on something that Stefan talked about before, we were uh, we're having a bit of a laugh about, um, you know, it's only, only New Zealanders that will get stressed about winning 58-14 in a World Cup, you know. Um, and, and Stefan touched on it, you know, you, you win by 100 points and, you, and everyone, the media slates them for, for getting nothing out of the game and then you win by, you know, by... 58 points to 14 and everyone says oh you know you you weren't showing enough to, to beat them by much and, and everyone stresses out about that so it's just the, the the pressure that gets put on these guys is phenomenal and um, Hanson's been talking about them uh, you know peaking at peaking for the World Cup and uh, if we can get through these two games and, and hit that quarterfinal against what could be France then um, yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting times. No, and indeed. Listen, I want to ask you a question as well, because we covered this on, on the last pod as well, and, we, and, and it actually split the panel. And with you being in New Zealand and the home of, of the most famous hacker, uh, I want to ask the question, 
Did you watch the England Fiji game and, and the singing through the haka? And what your opinion is on that? For me, it was total disrespect. As I say, the panel was split. Sam was very much in my side. George and Stefan sort of went, "Ah, oh, well, sure, it's given an advantage, no problem." Well, what's what's the opinion? If if that had been the All Blacks, for example, and the song "Chariot Through the Haka," what, what would have been the reaction in New Zealand? Oh, they do, though, Dave. You know, the 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 Welsh will sing their uh, their song that the, the um, the French, they'll sometimes, sometimes sing the Marseillais and, and the English with their swing low, and it, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, the, you know, one thing I, um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not a right that people must be, must be quiet for it. Um, you know, the Aussies, they'll sing their Waltzy Matilda, and then afterwards they'll, they might do another rendition and and slow it all down, and and that, and, that, and that's fine. You know, if they want to do that, and. You know, the one thing that I think we do get a bit tired of is the Northern Hemisphere media saying that, um, you know, just they, it's always picking on the All Blacks and, and the Haka. They never, they never pick on the the island nations with their with their Civitao or, or and uh, with the features of the Civitao. And they, um, you know, it's always like, uh, can you imagine Dawson taking the Mickey out of the Fijians or or taking the Mickey out of the Samoans <coughs> by uh, doing his Hakarena, whatever he did. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I don't know. It's just meant to be mind games, I think. And I think one time when we played the Welsh, we ended up doing the hucker in the changing rooms because they wanted to. Uh, they put their foot down, and wanted to do us to do the hucker before the national anthems. Um, yeah, I don't. We we don't feel like it's our God-given right uh, that everyone is silent and respects it. Um, we're still going to do it, and. Um, you know, if that if that's what gets us prepared, and I think Kevin Mialami's put it down nicely. You know, we're not there to perform the haka; we're there to play rugby. That's that's the cultural aspect of of what we do as as New Zealanders. Um, it's you know respecting the the Maori side of our culture, um, but well, and and show, putting that on show, and and uh, but no, we're there to play rugby, and and um, yeah, it's just it's just distraction more than anything. It's not um, doesn't make us angry. Well, you know, make a few people angry, but you know, I think that's just nonsensical. I think it's just a, a distraction. All this chat about it, and um, yeah, it's just just clickbait from some of these some of these guys complaining about it in the northern hemisphere. I think. No, as I said, I think it's I think it's the Irish in me, because we're so so. In fact, at times we're over respectful. Uh, certainly, you could hear a pin drop uh, in any Irish stadium with a kicker's taking a kick and so on, and, it, and it's just. It's yeah. what I grew up with, and, and, and for me it was to me it was offensive what what, what that crowd did to the haka. For me, it's part of the spectacle. It's worth the entrance fee alone. The, the New Zealand haka, never yeah. mind the rugby. You know what I mean? Um, and I've watched it from a kid. I went to my first game with, with Ireland and the All Blacks when I was a ten-year-old. You know what I mean? And it's been mystical and magical for me. And and even you know the other nations uh, that do the haka, the the, South, uh, the Pacific Islanders and whatnot. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know, it, it's not something to be disrespected. But that aside. Um, before we move on to uh, the preview of what's going to happen at the weekend here, uh, I'll stay with you, Andrew. Um, what other teams have been impressing you? You know, you mentioned the French there. I played a couple of games. Um, to be honest with you, I was half impressed with them in the first game, and I, I'm not particularly worried about them from an Irish perspective um, for our game with them. You're talking about a potential quarterfinal with them. What, do you fear them at all, or do you think they're, you know, they're not up to speed at the moment? No, always. I, I think um, New Zealand rugby fans will always fear the French. Um, they they seem to just grow extra extra arms and legs, and 
uh, when they play against us, and, and I think that... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think they just don't fear the All Blacks and... And I think that that's. Uh, I remember being in Toulouse in the in 2007, uh, watching the All Blacks play Romania, and at the end of the game, full time, the whole crowd just um, started singing La Marseillaise, and and it was just mental, like uh, just goosebumps. And we went to the. Um, they had a fan zone not far from the ground, and and it was filled with French people, and and we were watching uh, watching the next game, watching Fiji beat Wales. Uh, and we were just talking to these French people, and they, the French are just similar to what you talk about with the Irish. They, the the French are just in awe of the All Blacks, and and um, but the, when they step on the field, they just they don't have the fear factor, and I think it's because they know that they can beat us, um, and it is such a big game for them. And and we always, you know, that was the one thing I was saying that that night in 2011 was, you know, we, we're scared to play the French because we know what you can do to us, and. Yeah, that's always my concern. I mean, no, that you know, I think it's it's hard to take too much out of pool play, um, particularly you know just just looking at their results so far. I mean, you know, it was a it was a clinical result against against um, Italy and and probably a little bit uh, you know just business as usual against Romania. But you know, like with a lot of the teams, it's not going to start uh, meaning too much until you until you get out of the pool phase. Um, so it's going to be interesting to. Um, you know, once we hit that quarterfinal, um, I think you know the All Blacks now have got feel like they've got the monkey off the back by by winning the World Cup last time round. So we'll certainly go into that game um, confident that we can beat the French uh, and and be prepared to do that and and uh, you know learn some lessons from the last World Cups. But uh, they're always a side to be worried about, Dave. Um, for for us anyway, I was looking at some of the other sides. There's not been any, anyone really stand out. I mean, the Irish were, you know, they they were clinical against Canada, but you know, again, it is Canada. Um, you got points on the board and and um, and got a hit out. Bonus uh, point. Bonus point. Well, Thirty-four minutes. I think that's, that's yeah. Bonus that, point. That, yeah. that, that, that um, was, was was big. That was that was the big point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to touch on that just now that you brought it up. Um, 
the media had a field day with uh, Checker's comments um, after Australia's result against Fiji, um, just talking about just how how complacent he was and and just how we played down the bonus point factor. And you know if if it, if, if it goes to you know England and Wales and Aussie could end up on the same points in that pool, and it will come down to whoever got the bonus points against the lesser sides. Um, and you know if if Wales beat uh, Fiji and get a bonus point, um, and uh, you know the, they end up on the same, well that's Australia out of the competition. So yeah, it's um, while Steve Rum was laughing a little bit about how England were bragging about getting a bonus point against Fiji, it actually is um, is a valid and crucial point. I'm just quickly going to touch on uh, yeah Argentina this morning look look quite sharp again, um, but. I think uh, I think it's it's early days for me just to to start um, yeah picking anyone as having uh, too too good a tournament so far. I think um, after maybe a couple more games we might see, see some teams um, starting to stand out. But uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to the England Wales game um, that's coming up in the, uh, uh, this weekend. Yep, indeed. I think we'll just actually go right into that because we we have a Welshman with us and, and we'll we'll slide across before we we'll look at the box. How are you feeling uh, towards tomorrow, uh, Stefan? Um, quietly confident, a bit worried. Uh, I, I, I really, really, really want you to win. I really want you to win. Um, and and I, think that, uh, I think that if you do win, the wheels will come off the chariot. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's one of these games. Um, you know, ever since the draw was made um, back in, I think it was December 2012, uh, when Wales were put in the same group as England and Australia, this game, Wales against England, has been in the forefront of both Warren Gatlin and Stuart Lancaster's plannings. Um, you know, forget all the other games that have gone over the last couple of seasons, and there've been some big ones. This is the game that both of them have been planning. I, I genuinely do believe whoever loses this game will not be getting out of the pool. Um, I, I, ju- I, ju- I just feel it. you look at. You know, there's a lot, lots been made about Wales' injuries. You know, Wales' lack of strength and depth, and of course, you know, being being a relatively small nation, they're not going to have the playing numbers of England, South Africa, New Zealand, even France. But if you look at the side that Warren Gatland has selected, man for man, it's got the edge in England. Um, you know, you, you look at the loose forwards, for example. Uh, Chris Robshaw is not remotely in the same class as Sam Warburton as a as a player. Um, Warburton's an out out seven. You know, and, and that is an area that if Wales can get on top in the front five or at least gain parity, they've got a clear advantage in that back row. And then if you look at the firepower Wales have out wide, you know, England could be in for a long day at the office if the scrum doesn't get going. So I, I, I actually think the Lancaster's made the right decision in going in, in picking what a lot of people have said is, is a very pragmatic side. You know, Lancaster's tried to play this this wide 15-man rugby, tried to sort of emulate the Southern Hemisphere sides. But ultimately, England's strength is still their forward pack. Um, you know, the, the scrum's not been great recently, but I expect that to be a lot better on on Saturday. Um, their driving lineouts up there with the best in the world. Um, so you know, it's very important that Tom Youngs gets his, you know, gets his uh, targets in the lineout. Um, and as I said, you know, you said last week, if you look at England's back row, it hasn't got the the balance that the Welsh back row have got. They're all front foot players. They're very powerful ball carriers. If they're on the front foot, you know there's no there's no fetcher there, you know there's no dynamism there. So 
it's all about it's all about the game line. And I, I just feel Lancaster has probably got a selection right because if they try and play a loose and open game against Wales, they're going to come up short. Um, but I think you know playing playing with the midfield they've got of of um, and um, Owen Farrell, uh, Brad Barrett, and um, Sam Burgess are probably um, is the right selection. And I, I do think as well, this is gonna, this is not going to be pretty, you know. It's, it's, there's going to be no romance in this game whatsoever. Not much rugby play. This is going to be a war of attrition. Um, whoever wins the game, then wins the game. Um, and I, I just think, you know, it, there's so much on Jamie Roberts as well. Um, Sam Burgess, obviously, uh, one of the greatest rugby league players in the world. Um, a lot's been made about his, his move to rugby union. He's, he's obviously. Um, very impressive man. Um, he's been going about his work quietly in Union. He, he hasn't really pulled up any trees yet. But if you look at his performance off the bench against, you know, against Fiji, you know, there's a lot of positive there in his game. Um, he's obviously a very powerful ball carrier. Um, his offloading game brings a real, a real different dimension to them. But I do think as well that when, when, when he is in the defensive line, obviously he's a very powerful um, tackler. We all know that from his rugby league days. But he is a bit flat-footed when he comes up in, in um, you know, in the defensive line. He his positioning isn't great, and I just feel Scott Williams outside Jamie Roberts could really hammer that home. But you know, as I said, you know, this this is a very, very evenly matched game, and it's going to come down to very, very fine margins. And and there'll be a losing bonus point for sure. <laughs> I think that 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 is the one thing we're guaranteed. More Who than gets it is is. The, is the question. I can't see it being any more than a seven-point seven game. No, well, it might even be a draw. You know, it's, you know, England have got to be the favourites because they're home. But, you know, as I said, you know, what Warren Gatland is, he comes in for a lot of criticism in Wales and, 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 in, and in the UK media. Um, he's outspoken. He's He apparently plays a very conservative style of rugby. But, you know, if you look at Warren Gatland's CV... He's won Heineken Cups. He's won an ITM Cup. He's won Grand Slams, Six Nations. Won a Test Series with the Lions. This man knows what he's doing. Uh, and as I said, he'd have been planning for this for a long time. Um, obviously, he's he, you know he's had to adapt because of the injuries. That that's not ideal. But um, you know, one thing's for certain: I, uh, I I can't see Wales going down without a real fight because you know if 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 Wales were to plummet out of the World Cup at the group stage you'd have to say that Warren Gatlin's job would you know would be um, in a perilous position but the same could be said of Stuart Lancaster as well if if England lose this game I mean being the host nation well as you said the, the chariot the wheels could really come off the chariot so it's, it's going to be it's an intriguing game it's it, it it's there's a lot of history behind it but you know it's very much on the night to see evenly matched um, sides and um, it, it'll be decided by very fine margins. No, I hear you. And do you know something? I think that if Wales can get at them in the first 20 minutes and get in front in the first 20 minutes, um, that, that's the key of the door for you. If you can quiet that crowd down, uh, I, I think we'll, I, I fancy Wales for this one. I really do fancy Wales. I fancy them from, from before the tournament started. I thought that it was going to be Argent, Argent, not Argentina, excuse me, Australia and uh, Wales qualified from the group. Um, and I haven't changed on it. I, I just, for whatever reason, believe that Wales will will will, will better England uh, on Saturday. 
Brent, for you, what, what's your take on the England-Wales? Is it, would it be considered a big game over there? Will it be well-watched and, and well-supported? Yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of people here, a lot of rugby fans, people who enjoy the game will definitely to, uh, tune into it after our match. Um, probably a bit in, uh, a bit drunk, um, too many castle loggers, but definitely... Yeah, you know, I think as a Southern Hemisphere country, we we kind of look at at the Northern Hemisphere as being a lot less exciting rugby. It's a lot less um, attacking and 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 a lot less running rugby. So, you know, I personally not, I haven't watched a lot of a lot of England or Wales recently. It kind of feels to me that um, you know the better forward pack's gonna gonna kind of dominate and and whoever comes out on top on that battle is gonna win the 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 test. But I think going with 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 both of you, um, I do think Wales is going to have the edge, which is again a little bit concerning from for, for for my perspective, just in terms of who we face in the in the next um, in, the, in the quarters. But yeah, that, that's a different discussion. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really com- comment on the individuals too much. Like I said, I haven't watched the guys much. Um, uh, you know, for me, I watch a lot of Southern Hemisphere rugby, a lot of provincial rugby, but not as much Northern Hemisphere. So I'm probably not a, a professional and, and my opinion can be easily discarded and laughed at by everyone after the match. <laughs> no problem. Andrew, for you, again, it's basically the same question. Uh, is England-Wales a game that will fire the imagination of the Kiwis? Uh, yeah, well, we've got a lot of expats here as well. So, um, yeah, and it's at 8 o'clock in the morning, so it's a really good time to, to be able to watch it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got I'll be working, so I won't be be sitting down to watch. But I I, I would normally um, just yeah games like that I'm, I do have uh, do have interest in seeing. But um, yeah, uh, similar to Brent, um, m- most of my rugby focus is on the on the southern, southern hemisphere. So I can't tell you a lot about um, you know about about the players to that, that I'll be looking to see um, or, or who may stand out. We'll be intrigued to. To see how Sam Burgess goes in such a big game, um, just from having watched him play for the Rabbitohs down here in, in league, um, and uh, yeah, I was briefly here, and there's been a bit of a bit of controversy around that selection as well. So, um, so we'll see how see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think from well, speaking from my point of view, but I think from a lot of Kiwis, I think we'd like to see uh, Wales get up and win that game. Uh, there is uh, something uh, that's kind of deep down and ingrained that that's quite nice to see England lose. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for for Wales and for for Gatlin that he can uh, put the right team out and get the tactics right and and win this game. It's nice to see that uh, the sentiment doesn't just uh, or, or, or it ex- extends beyond the the Irish and Welsh and the Scots. Everybody wants to see them lose. It appears. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'll, we're going to do when we get to this uh, England England Aussie game. I don't know who we're going to... I think it's just one of those ones where you just kind of want both of them to lose, so a draw might be a good result. I, I, take, it, I take it that this taste would be, uh, would be equal, Andrew? Or, 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 you know, if you had I to... So, if, yeah. if, if I pin you down and say one of them has to win, who, who is it? Is it your Southern Hemisphere or is it England? I don't know. I really don't know. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> we always think that, you know, the, the thing we always think is that England, English are just unbearable when they win. Um, and that? you know, 
and and we we've um, you know the on the on the occasion that we have lost to England, um, you know they they totally outplayed us a few years back and and deserved their win, but um, and having lived over in, in England for for five years, just you know they just can be unbearable. But um, yeah, you probably you probably go with your Southern Hemisphere uh, uh, buddies here, but um, yeah, Jeepers, that's um, yeah, it's like like choosing who you. Yeah, no, we'll leave it there. I think. <laughs> no, I, I say, I, we'll I, leave it there. I, it's fascinating because I don't have any any anything that ever happens like that. You know, for me, the, the, uh, the England or the England Australia game for me is Australia all the way. No, no problem. Stefan, I'm going to come back over to you again from what the guys have said. Is there anything you want to add on on anything that the guys have said? Not really. I mean, as I've said, you know, it's it's going to be a very tight game. Um, it's going to be decided on, you know, on small margins. Um, I, th- I think one point I would like to raise is uh, who the referee is. Jerome Gar says he's refereed Wales against England, uh, you know, in their previous two encounters, the England one, um, and he's penalised Gethin Jenkins off the field at scrum time. Uh, so I, th- I think that's going to be key. You know, if if, if Jenkins can. You know, Gethin Jenkins is a key player. He, he's he's been one of the the best props in the world for a long time around the field. But his scrummaging has always, um, you know, has always been suspect, and that that is an area obviously that the Wales are going to have to get right. Because one thing, and I know England haven't the scrum hasn't been firing of late, but traditionally they've got a strong scrum, and I can't imagine that the scrum wars will be continuing for much longer. They'll eventually get that right with the quality of scrummage they've got. So I think Gethin Jenkins is huge for Wales, and you know it's if he can um, sort out his problems in the scrum, um, then, you know, then that'll be huge for Wales. And I think as well, um, you know, as I said earlier, Sam Warburton is huge. You know, Chris Robshaw is, you know, he, he's got a lot of um, qualities in his game. You know, he's, he's got a high work rate. Um, he's always, um, you know, a very industrious player. He, he's a tidy carrier. But in terms of being an out-and-out seven, he's, he's not in the same class as, um, you know, you know, like Sam Warburton, obviously Richie McCaw, Hooper, Pocock, even Cherry Doucetois. You know, he's he's not in that class. Um, and I, I do think, as I've said, it's it's about the game line. If whoever wins that, will win the game. But if if Wales can at least gain that physical parity, then the breakdown is an area that Wales can really take advantage of. Because let's remember as well, they got Justin Tipperick on the bench, and he is probably. You could argue that the second best opposite flank in the Northern Hemisphere being Warburton. So I would expect to see uh, Wales emulate Australia later on in the game um, with two open sides, Warburton and, and Tipperick. And, um, you know, if they're still in the game at that point, then that could be huge. But I also think the start is huge. Um, you know, if, if, if England get ahead early, because they will come out firing, they, they'll want to get off to a good start, you know, with the Twickenham crowd behind them. And if they score a couple of early tries, then it's, it's going to be a long afternoon for Wales. But as you said, Dave, you know, if, if Wales can put England under pressure early on, and if they can put doubts in their mind, then you know they've, they've got the firepower to to win the game. But you know, man for man, it's evenly matched. Um, they're both well coached sides, and it really is going to come down to very fine margins. You know, I hope Wales win, obviously, but you know, at home, England have got to be favourites. But it's going to be tight. No, I hear you. And, well, you've got the rest of the world behind you as well, uh, willing you on to win. So we hope that you do. Um, let's see. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll head across and talk about the box. I hear the Comedy Channel has picked up this, this, the live rights for this game, Brent. Is that true? 
joking aside, you should have come on the first pod and you would have been spared this. Um, what changes do you want to see in Fox for Samoa? What, what, do you, what do you see as key? I know that... Um, you know, I know that uh, you were upset about the result the other day, but it's onward and upwards. You have to, yeah, you've had your kick in the backside. Surely it can't be as bad as that again. What changes do you want to see? Yeah, so look, the, the Springboks are always going to be quite a strong, men, strong side mentally. Um, it, just in terms of South Africans, we look at ourselves as being quite resilient. So I can see us coming back um, using this not as a you know, to, to pull us down, uh, it'll definitely kick us in the in the, in the backside and, and spur us on. Um, we are expecting to win, but then again, I was expecting to, put, uh, to beat Japan by 35 points. So um, expectation versus reality. In terms of changes, I'm I'm pretty happy with the, with the side, um, bar the fact that Jean de Villiers gets to continue playing rugby for the Springboks. Um, I think he's proved the last two matches, he's not up to it. He's, he's over the hill. Um, I think experience experience goes a long way in rugby, and, and I, I did talk about it in the in the first pod. But you know, experience and over the hill are two very different things. So I think he is gonna he's gonna struggle with the physicality of of um, Samoa. I think in terms of in terms of I mean, man for man, we're obviously a far better side. It's just about if we click, if we actually play together and start sticking to our game plan um, and not just try to take them on individually because uh, we'll get smashed back. I think if we handle their physicality properly, when I say properly, I mean we all know the boxer physical side, but in terms of not letting the niggle get to the players because that's what some do. They smash you and they're probably too aggressive and they're a little bit, maybe a little bit dirty and niggle and, and try to get a reaction. So if we handle that properly and keep our discipline, I think we we will we will, you know, walk away relatively easily. Um, I'm happy to see Dupria back in the side. Um, Dave's going to disagree with me, but I think he's the best scrum off in the country. I think he's, I think, given ten years, he'll still be a better scrum off than than Pinal currently is. Um, his service is is ten times faster. His kicking is far better. His tactical brain is just far superior. So if he can stay fit, I think um, he'll definitely take us a, a long way in, 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 the, in the World Cup. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit upset for Jesse Creel. I think he didn't really have much opportunity. I think maybe he made one or two defensive errors and maybe that's why he was dropped. But I really think it's unfair that, that he gets you know, the hook and then De Villiers stays in the side when arguably they were both as bad as each other. Um, glad to see Delindy back. He, he's he's hard to bring down. He's got great feet, but he's also very good at in in a tackle with with offloading. So excited to see him playing. Um, I think he'll he'll sort of add a nice physical element in our centres as well. Um, I know I know Stefan was talking about Billy Larue being a spark. I'm excited to have him back. My concern is, again, how he handles the, the physicality of, of um, Samoans. He, he's a small guy. He's not the guy who's going to be up for the big hits um, defensively and, and, and on attack. So I'm, I'm, I'm slightly worried about what's going to happen there. 
yeah, I, I think I think just keep that in mind for 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 the match. Um, yeah, and I think uh, from, so. Dwayne Vermeulen's back, um, which is massive, massive for us. He was voted our, our player of the year last year, so he, he is massive for us, and I, I think he's going to add a lot um, in terms of physicality, in terms of leadership. So he's the guy that's physical. He's He's got the experience, but he's not over the hill. Um, he's magnificent on the ground, and obviously with ball in hand, he, he's an absolute beast. So... It'll be good to see him next to um, Francois Lowe, both competing for the ball. I, I think I think we're going to be turning a lot of ball over and winning a lot of penalties. Don't expect to see the box throwing the ball around. It's going to be a, a much more of a 10-man game for at least 50, 60 minutes before we start trying to throw it around. Um, I think I think I think the guys, the players, including the, and, and and the coach, realize that their mistake was to try and throw it around too early against Japan. So we'll definitely see a much tighter game, much more tactical game um, in terms of kicking. Pollard has, has been challenged by Mayer to improve his tactical kicking. So we'll, we'll see a lot more of that, I think, um, well, for more than half of the game. Um, and if, if, we, if we execute properly, we'll, we'll, we'll win by probably 10 to 12 points. But um, yeah... If we go in with a big, with a big, um, big head again and, and complacency, we're going to get a bit of a shock. Another one. No, I can't see it, Brent. I really, really can't see another shock in the cards. I think you're going to win this one at a canter. You know, the, the last scoreline against Japan for me is your team talk, and I don't think you need to do anything more than that. I'm just curious, Andrew. Would you agree with me on that? I just it's for unthinkable that they're going to lose this, isn't it? Yeah, I can't see. I can't see the box losing, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they got a bit of a scare out of it again. Uh, the biggest thing in this game, I think, will be whether uh, Samoa can um, contain the adrenaline, emotion. Yeah, they would have seen the box coming out the first time around and, and, and losing to Japan, and, and that could have a bit of a negative impact on them. But, you know... I, I think I've, I spoke in our um, preview pod that yeah, the the Samoans might be a, a side to watch in this tournament, and I think that they'll they'll come out of that pool. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just whether they can, I guess, keep it together, uh, and and that'll be the biggest thing. Is as soon as they start giving away niggly penalties and and start getting their heads down, then then it could completely change the game and swing it yeah, massively it in the box favour. I think it's going to be um, a massively, massively physical game. I think, like you say, Andrew, yeah. Fox are going to be, you know, pumped up to prove a point, and we all know Samoas are, are very aggressive and, and very physical. So I expect to see a, a yellow card or two, which might be why Bismarck isn't playing. I think he's a he's a hothead, and I think he would um, probably see a couple of cards. Yeah, it's not a bad shot, actually, but... Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it could be. You know, it's one of those games that if you're, you're watching it in football, you think, oh, you know, it could be, uh, a, you know, a nil-nil at half-time, a bit, of a, a bit of a boring match to start with and then open up a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, that, that could be the impression of what it is. But, you know, on the other hand, this could be a really, um, a bit of a, if, if, if 
particularly if Samoa get get points on the board early, this could this game could open up. Um, it's got got a chance to be more exciting than what it what it could appear on paper, and and by that I mean uh, just what what Brent's alluded to about it being a real um, you know that that ten man game for a while just until uh, either side gets comfortable. But um, that that island flair um, that comes into play, you know, <laughs> it could be. Uh, yeah, it could be an interesting game, but no, Dave, I, I do think that the box will win this one, um, and um, I think that this will set them back on track for uh, for the tournament. Well, if oh, I that's can quickly so. jump in, um, guys. Just remember, two thousand and seven, when when the box won, we played Samoa as well um, in in the lead up to the final, and it was actually the box were on the back foot because Jake White did put in a um, you know a B side, if I put it in inverted commas. And he actually had to bring on his stars in the second half to, to really, you know, put our noses in front and put us clear. Um, so, so hopefully the box look at that as, as a, um, a yardstick of what Samoa is capable of and then use Japan to just push us that, that uh, one step further to, to actually stand up and be counted this time. Oh, that sounds cool. Listen, we're marching on in time, gents, so I just want to check in because both of you have the same dark horse and it's a bit close to my heart. So I'm just curious what you thought about your dark horses in Ireland. Brent, you're on, so stay with us. What do you think so far? Well, I mean, <laughs> the performance against Canada, I think, kind of um, shows it all, doesn't it? Um, it's Canada. I know do, you, Canada. Do, you think that, do you think they set a mark? You know, every, everything worked. The, the back line worked. The line out worked. You know, but it always, the line out always works. Uh, the pack were good. They played within themselves. They, they got a yellow card. A column was sent to the sin bin. Um, they were still the team, most likely, with, with the man down to score. I've, I'm, I'm quietly encouraged. I'm not getting over the top here, but I'm quietly encouraged. I know it's only Canada, but it was a real... When you look at the two performances in the friendly games, the last two friendly games, and then you looked at this first game, it was totally top-notch uh, professionalism. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't, I mean, I agree strongly with Andrew and, and what Stefan said earlier on about, um, you know, these sort of smaller sides being a lot more competitive because a lot of their players are playing in professional leagues these days. And, and the days of knowing you will walk into a, to a match with a lot of these so-called lesser rugby nations and smash them off the park, those days are gone. It, it's not as straightforward as it used to be. So, so the fact that Ireland rocked up and actually did it, um, like you say, it shows, A, it should be professional um, side, but also a very talented side. So I think it's looking good for them to, to um, make it quite far in the tournament, eh? Yeah, I hope so. And Andrew, for you, your dark horses, you're happy with them so far? Dave, you're getting excited, aren't you, mate? No, I'm not. I'm staying perfect. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice, perfect. mate. I can hear it in your voice. Oh, God. This is the same Ireland that have uh, reserved uh, seat 1A on the plane for the William Webb Ellis Trophy. They're, uh, I've seen pictures of that floating around. I tell you what, this is um, this is the Irish I, I know and love where they're coming with all this confidence and... and uh, who was it that um, was your previous coach was talking up your chances massively and just the wheels fell off and I, it was I brilliant. Think but, uh, I don't think it was Kidney. It must have been O'Sullivan. Declan Kidney. O'Sullivan, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, look, I mean, I Brent mentioned it already. I, I don't think you can take too much into out of the Canada game other than the fact that they were clinical. Um, I think, you know, there's some pretty, some pretty big games coming up in that pool. Um, you know, 
Romania, while you, you'll get past them, I, I think that they just could provide that good forward battle that you need. Um, the Italians, again, it will provide another another hard game. And, and you know, they're not a not a great side, the Italians, but um, it's going to provide a, a stern test for, for that last game of the pool, which is up against the French. So, um, yeah... I, I don't know. I, I think for me, it's it's still early days. I, I'm not I'm not changing my view that I think um, that Ireland will be there or thereabouts come the end of the the business end of the tournament. Um, and uh, yeah, just just on the on the other dark horse in Samoa, there one of the lesser nations. I, I think you know this this game on the weekend will will really tell us where they're at. Um, and uh, I still think that they'll get out of that pool. No, I, I hope the Springboks do. You know, the Springboks not in the quarterfinal is something that I just don't, don't want to think about. You know what I mean? It's the same with, with Australia and Wales. I can live without England, but, <laughs> you know, it, it just wouldn't be right. Uh, but listen, guys, time has marched on us, on us here as usual. We could talk here for hours. Uh, Stefan had to actually step away due to an emergency, so he sends his apologies. But listen, guys, I just want to thank you both for, for being on, and obviously Stefan. Uh, we'll talk again, um, I'm sure, within the week uh, with, with the latest developments of the World Cup. We're going to have uh, more pods coming your way. Is there anything you want to plug uh, while you're on, guys, before we go? Andrew, anything you, you, you want to give a shout to? Oh, just as far as the Enfield Index goes, uh not not rugby related, but um, yeah, just uh, we've got a, a latest football football podcast came out, um, New Zealand podcast. But uh, I did say to you that I would mention um, a couple of Twitter handles if there's any New Zealanders that are wanting to to follow uh, some rugby specific accounts uh, on on Twitter. One of them that I'd uh, urge people to follow is at Rugger Blogger. That's R U G G E R B L O G G E R. That's uh, a great account uh, run and, and puts up some really good stats and, and um, some really good chat around around particularly New Zealand rugby. But there's um, some fantastic uh, stats coming through on that on that account. Um, so yeah, that that's that'll be my one plug for this week. Um, I'll, I'll I'll do one a week just to keep people uh, keep people wanting more or something or other. But um, yeah, no, it's been good. And and uh, you get over to the end for the next and listen to these other Simbin uh, podcasts. Um, yeah, Dave's doing a, you're doing a great job getting these up and running, and it's it's really interesting to listen to people from from each country uh, talk about all the other nations, just not their own. Yeah, if we could find an Englishman, if there's any Englishman listening, would you please get in contact with us? Uh, our, our DM is open. I would love to have you on. Uh, anybody who wants to come on, the same same for Scots and Australians, because we, we we're very very shorty. You would love to have you on. I would love to give you a voice. Um, Brent, for you, have you any, anything you want to plug here? No, I think Andrew said it all within terms of um, AI um, channel and the and the the app. Yeah, I, I'm not going to plug any Twitter handles or anything like that because it's been an absolute nightmare to read everything about about the World Cup since the box lost. So hopefully, I'll have something nice to say and someone nice to plug next time. Well, we hope so. As I say, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable you lose on Saturday. But listen, guys, as I say, time's gone on us. And I'd just like to thank you both for being on. Um, as I say, we'll chat again soon. But from everybody here at the Sinbin, thank you for listening to us. Please make sure to tell all your friends about us if, if they'd be interested in us. And from all of us here, good night.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.